Hey everyone, um, it's MJ, and just MJ, kind of, uh, and this is an in-between show, it's not a before show or an after show, so it's just kind of focused on one topic, and you guys know how this works. Uh, I'm actually joined this week by Josh Tarpley. Hey everybody, how you doing? Good, how are you, man? I'm doing great, uh, happy to be, be joining in. Yeah, uh, Josh is uh, my fellow uh, film critic from wordofthenerd.com, the website that I write for, and we, uh, Josh is an Oscars guy. He's an award season guy, and so the Oscars are this Sunday, and so I figured I'd have him on to talk about it, so that's why he's yes. here. Um, but yeah, before my, we... Go ahead. I was going to say, my, my Twitter description is... I split my time evenly between Star Wars and the Academy Awards. And so half the year it's all nerds, and the other half is all dramas and limited release movies I have to drive two hours to go see. So I love it. Yeah, so before we get into the nominees proper, what is it do you think about the award season that drew you into it? Like, how did you get started like this is my my area of you know focus and interest in like movie writing and movie blogging. Yeah, um, I think so. I got really involved with just kind of the whole internet culture of movies, uh, blogs, YouTube, social media, in the 2010. Okay, which was which was actually a great year to jump into all things the Oscars race because that was the, year the Social Network came out. Okay. And I absolutely loved the social network, but that was also the year of uh, The Fighter, Black Swan, and uh, was that King Inception. Speech? That was the King Speech year. Okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't mentioned it. I mean, King Speech is fine yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. But that was also the summer of Inception, mm-hmm. and so it was great to be able. It was like the perfect year to jump in and have a film I was already in love with, or you know, part of my sphere and get to follow it through uh whatever you want to call it the uh high-end you know movie world but um i don't know i guess there's a little bit of you know this is like sports for movie people where yeah. we have to pick a winner um i don't you know now I'm, I'm too good for that but i'll be honest i was watching the golden globes this year and i'm just like oh this is fun this is whatever and then for me, I love Moonlight, and, and Moonlight won Best Drama that night. And I just, it got me excited. I was like, oh, my team won. I, mean, <laughs> I know it's like art is subjective, and the Golden Globes is just 95 foreign film journalists who you can kind of uh, bribe to win. But whatever they named Moonlight number one, it got me stoked. I was like, oh, my gosh, my, my team won. And, you know, it's so subjective. Um, but so there is there is a part of like for movies this is sports and we get to pick winners and mm-hmm. there are losers and there's teams you vote root for um and that's part of following the race and you know from all the various critics awards to uh the golden globes to the various guilds but you know the race is following a bunch of reporters out in la who talk to voters and feel the vibe and rooms and you know that that type of deal um I think I've come to the point where actually I do respect the idea of, of uh, these guys pick good movies. And it's, you know, they're not 
I don't really dig the term Oscar bait or, mm. or whatever, but they pick good movies. They look at this year's batch of nominees and they're, they're great. And, uh, I like the idea of, at least in some measure, we have, um, an activity that gets us together where we talk about films that wouldn't even be, be getting talked about if there weren't awards. Um, look at something yeah. like Hell or High Water this year. Um, it gave a, came out last week of August and yes, um, I would say Twitter and film critics, we, like everyone talked and pushed it to its, you know, pretty respectable box office for an indie, but then out of nowhere in, uh, December through January through right now, we're talking about it and that movie's getting tons of recognition because of, uh, the award season. And so I think there's a part of me that, that really does like that where there are movies that I would have never heard of or discovered. Um, without awards talk. So, yeah, um, it's funny because, you know, I feel like those of us in this subculture, whatever, however you want to define it, this sort of like nebulous film blogger critic thing, it can feel like we're part of the Magicians Guild from Arrested Development, where <laughs> it's like we demand to be taken seriously. And, I just feel like every year there's at least one of the Oscar nominees that I'm like, no, this is the movie. Like, you guys got to go see this. It's so good. And uh, people just kind of don't. And then it gets awards attention. And then they go, oh, well, the the people who make the decisions love this movie. I'm going to seek it out. And then they end up loving it. And it's like, yeah, I told you that in July. (laughs) Yeah, there's like this... That's like the validating thing. Um, like looking at this year's nominees, I mean, I guess there were some, like I said, Hell or High Water. Um, you know, I saw Lion. Lion was good. I guess, I guess I think Hidden Figures were probably one that really, mm. um, you know, it came out, you know, that very limited release in December. And then, but it was kind of already making money anyways, but, it was on the tips of everyone's tongues because awards and, and all this stuff. Um, I don't know. I think even inside our, yeah, I think a lot about like the inside baseball nature of it where there's the general movie going audience and then there's us in our world. And then even a smaller circle of us is the awards group. And so yeah. I guess like I find out about movies from the awards folks and that's good because now I'm going to see it and I'm buying a ticket and maybe I can get like one family member to go see it, but then you're like, oh, you know, uh, Line Moonlight have made like ten million dollars combined. I don't know something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is great for them. Yeah, but like, I mean, Moonlight made its way out to my area of the country, which is weird. I live just north of LA, and we don't get anything. Like, we we get almost none of these things until after they after the award shows have ended. Okay. Um, and we got Moonlight, like, in December. And I was real impressed. I actually went to go see it, and there were more than two people in the theater. And I was pretty excited. Uh, I think I was the only one who kind of knew what to expect right. <laughs> going into it. Um, there were some other people that were very caught off guard by some of the stuff they saw. Uh, in it, um, which is also, that's the other funny thing about living kind of in small rural areas and these Oscar movies make waves is, uh, 
going to see them, you know, I, I, we go in say with this idea of like, oh yeah, people are saying this for best actor, or yes. director, or screenplay, or whatever. So we go see it. And then uh, other people go see it because they hear the name being tossed around, but they don't really know, like, maybe what it's about. The biggest one for me is the movie Her. Uh, okay. Five uh, people walked out of that movie. It's the most people wow. I've ever seen walk out of a movie. Um, we got two at the very beginning with the dead cat. <laughs> and then three more during the uh, the cyber sex, the all black screen. Uh, that's... Amazing. I'm trying to think. I think I honestly sit too close to the screen because I people could be leaving, and honestly, I don't even want to know. So mm. <laughs> that's maybe my social thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I totally, totally get that. Where uh, I'm, get, you know, there was a time in de- this past December where it was like w- finally, it's like the floodgates open for all these movies. So mm-hmm. it was one weekend was Moonlight, and then we saw Nocturnal Animals, uh, saw Manchester by the Sea. And it was like the same small screen that kind of got it, and they just rotated them out. Um, I think for our area, they only got to hang out for one week because uh, mm. I went there on the, these Friday nights, and it was moonlight it was me and uh, my wife and maybe five other people. Nocturnal Animals was five other people. That was one. If I would have turned around, I might have seen people walking out of. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I still haven't seen it. I tried real hard to go see that movie, and I ended up still haven't seen it. But I heard the opening scene of that movie. Kind of threw yeah, some people, caught some people off guard. Um, but then, like, I guess I would say what the quote-unquote general audiences, at least, I think general the, the five people in there, I would put Nocturnal Animals in general audiences because they that, that's a good poster as far as big Hollywood names. Mm-hmm. But at least for me and the five people seeing Moonlight in Manchester, I think we were all there on purpose. Mm. Um, I, I've definitely experienced... Well, I can say this. I drove my, this was whenever we were out in Texas. Um, I dropped my brother off in Dallas to go to, he was playing in a band or something. And I went and I saw Black Swan by myself. Mm. And like, that's where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you know, I'm in the know. I'm driving out of my way. I'm going to go see a movie by myself. Sitting behind me was a couple and they were on their first date. Oh no. (laughs) And and I, I hadn't seen the movie, but I already knew. I was like, I, I think y'all are about to learn a lot each, about each other and what where the line is and what your tastes are with Black Swan. <laughs> I saw Black Swan sitting next to a two-year-old girl. Well, you know, I guess we start them young. I don't know. <laughs> the yeah, I was at I went to see it on Christmas Day um, by myself, and the theater was sold out, which really caught me off guard. Um, the theater was sold out, and then as the movie was starting, this woman came in, and the only two seats that were open were right <laughs> next to me. And she sat her two-year-old down right next to me, and I was like, well, this is going to be neat. This is all right. Although, wow. in that woman's defense, I'm not sure if she knew what she was getting into, but if she didn't, she did a very good job of doing the, like, cover your eyes, like, making sure there was no, like... As little exposure as possible once she found out what was happening <laughs> in the movie, which is more than I can say for some people who uh, bring their kids to movies out here. Yes. So, yeah, uh, but it was it was still pretty awkward just being like, ah, you're two. All right. <laughs> and we're experiencing this together. Yep. Guess yeah, we're. Is, I mean, 
I guess this is kind of a side discussion, but I don't even, uh, it may be eight, nine, ten years ago, but I don't remember the last time, like, going to the movies without, like, a purpose. Like, some, you know, folks just showing up to go, like, that's just totally foreign to me. It's not mm-hmm. a thing, but especially with these, these Oscar things, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm doing my homework right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to see these for, uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. Okay. I, I, like, I need this. I need closure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Every Christmas, I remember about four or five years of Christmas. It was just like, well, it's movie week for MJ, so let's just all get him movie gift cards because he'll burn through them in about four days. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think, uh, like, as far as, like, so two years ago, 2014, it was Thanksgiving, and, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, always there is are always coming out and i i i actually thought this was going to be a positive experience uh, but i ended up taking the family to go see foxcatcher okay i had a chance to see that i have not seen that it's like it's fine um it's a little more did you get to see manchester this year i have not i'm actually i think it hits blu-ray tomorrow and i think i'm getting it i'm gonna go pick it up tomorrow i'm just trying to think um it's not as depressing as manchester um but it's 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 more sad. It's slow. It's mm. not a. It's not even. I don't know. But the family held that against me for a while. Like you took us to Foxcatcher last year, but I was able to redeem it a year later. I took them to see Creed, and oh, so man. all was forgiven. But they honestly were like, I don't know, Josh. A year ago, you took us to a sports movie. <laughs> It was awful. I was like, no, trust me, Creed. Is, I I haven't even seen it, but I know it will be different. That that's a different experience. But. Yeah, man, I love Creed so much. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I I had that not with my parents. My parents are weirdly down for like anything I show them. Uh, sometimes I did watch High Rise with them, and they were not having that. But no. u- usually they're pretty they're pretty down. Um, but one time I remember getting a group of people together. They were like. We rolled in like 11 deep to go see an advanced screening of 310 to Yuma. Okay. Thinking, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Yes. Okay. So we were like, hey, it's going to be this fun like Western with like Gladiator and Batman. Like, that's cool. And then like, it's pretty, it's kind of a bummer because the main, the, like the hero dies at the end and the villain gets away. And so the whole journey was a little bit for nothing. And uh, yeah, we just it's not swashbuckling at all. It's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we walked out and they were like, uh, "Hey, MJ, someone else is picking the movie next time because that was a straight bummer." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, talking about all these, um, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I mean, this year was the worst. Like, yeah. Uh, it was. I could. I can name off the top of my head because I was tracking them at least four that just did the limited like the very last week of December and I'm playing catch up halfway through January. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, silence, Patriots day, hidden figures, uh, live by night was on that list. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, but I just, I was like, there's too many movies. I, I don't have time to go see something that's, you know, not, you know, I, not worth it. Apparently weirdly you know, saw that one, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that brings up kind of an issue with all of this is, Essentially, Oscar voters, uh, for as, you know, much we like them and respect them, they have to be pandered to, uh, with, 
you know, parties and shake hands with the nominees. And they, I guess they have the shortest uh, memory of all yeah. of us. And so yeah. They, they just put it all. I mean, I used to, we, used to, we used to think of Oscar season as the fall. We'd say September through December. Mm-hmm. But this last year was ridiculous. It was where, just like the end of December. It yeah. was like, here's all the here's all the Oscar movies. And like La La Land didn't start expanding until Christmas Day. It was ridiculous. I was, um, I, I guess I like totally, I mean, La La Land's blown up pretty big now. Uh, it's yeah. over 100 million. But I was thinking like, oh, it's Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, a musical. And so they had December 9th, you know, listed. Mm-hmm. I was just convinced, like, yeah, it's a wide release. And yeah. December 9th was the five theaters yep. nationwide. And then one week was, like, 40. Then, like, two weeks later was Christmas. And I was able to see it, but I still had to drive. It wasn't until January to so that full wide release. Now, they played it smart, obviously. They mm-hmm. rode. That's what these, that, you know, good for them. You know, they were to ride the, the buzz and the nominations but, you know, there are some movies, um, Silence, mm-hmm. uh, we could, every year there's so many that get lost in the shuffle because they think, well, we got to put it in there for the awards buzz. But if it doesn't take, then not only do they not get the awards buzz, but you don't get any money because right. you're totally overstuffed. And so, you know, th- this year, um, so Chris Tapley, he's the, uh, Awards editor of Variety, mm-hmm. um, really like his work and all of his stuff. He put he put out this great thought process of how the Oscars work, both bad and good. Um, it's this tale of two movies in the late breaking. Um, one would be Hidden Figures, and so the point he's making is if Hidden Figures had come out in September, it would come out we all would have loved it. It's a really fun movie. It's we're high on life, but maybe as we thought about it more, it, we kind of put it to that whatever the fluff area of movies and mm-hmm. the more serious movies come out by the time we get to December and January, it's gone. So that movie coming out last minute in December, boom, we're high on life. We're all loving it. It's time for nominations. Let's vote for it. Uh, versus silence, which is like <laughs> comes out last day of December. I mean, they, they showed it, you know, one of the other awards groups is the National Board of Review. Mm-hmm. They saw it first. They played it for them the day before, and they did nominate it. But, like, they played it for the Golden Globes, and they didn't like it. They played it for New York New York Critics Circle, L.A., you know, film critics. Mm-hmm. And you, they showed it to them, like, literally the day before they vote. I don't know if they gave them screeners or, you know, showed it to them, whatever. But um, Chris Tapley's point was that needed to come out like this upcoming Cannes Film Festival in May. Everyone can see it, and we start talking about it in May. And maybe by the time we get to November or December, people have, you know, come to a conclusion on the movie. But it's not going to happen the day before or the week before nominations happen. That would have been a movie that would have totally succeeded if it, well, we're guessing it, would have. I think it would have had more success if it wasn't overshadowed by all the other heavy dramas. If it could have come out in September, maybe, we'd be talking about it. It'd get a little more buzz. We could go see it again. It wouldn't be overstuffed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind cause, of how you play the game. Yeah, because Silence is one you have to see twice, I feel like. Um, yeah, and that one that one was super weird because it didn't screen for film critics in Austin, but it did screen at Harry Knowles' Buttonamathon. Yeah, I remember following that online where... Um, Neil Miller from uh, Film School Rejects, he was trying to get it for his for the critics group out there, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't show it to him. 
And I think most of them were in the room for that, um, which that would have been crazy to try and see in the midst of a 24-hour marathon. Yeah, <laughs> right? Just like, hey, everybody, yeah. here's this. Deal with it. He showed fences there, too. He, I mean, I guess that would be pretty fun. They saw A Cure for Wellness uh, a couple months before, which I just saw that. And they got to see 40 Minutes of Logan. Yeah, So I, I kind of – I'm. I'm like, that would be pretty grueling, all of that, but yeah. I'm also super jealous. That sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, Silence, because, you know, especially Silence this year, and that kind of transitions me into, I guess, kind of what I want to talk about next, which is this idea of snubs. I know there are certain mm-hmm. bloggers who feel like snubs don't exist, like the movies who get nominated are the ones that get nominated, and they have their reasons, and that's it. Um, and then there are people who are like, no, this thing needed a lot of love, and it didn't get it. Um, I happen to fall in that camp. I think this year's silence was the big one, but I think I agree. I, it's it's like that movie needs to be reckoned with, and yes, you know we did two of our longest episodes on it. We, I mean, our perspective was that we were both my co-host Ryan and I were both Christians, and we were seeing it through that lens. And so there's a lot to unpack as someone who's a person of faith with that. Um, but I, even, by the way, I listened to, to both of those episodes. It was oh, great, man. Good, <laughs> Which, thanks. That's right. So really quick, kind of more you know, inside baseball with the Oscars is like where it's awesome to be rooting for your team and you want the Oscars to be pure, that it's just a bunch of cinema lovers who vote for their favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It's like it's honestly very much like a political campaign. Yeah. Um, and where – so Warner Brothers – Get, they didn't get this, like, they didn't know if they had a hit on their hands with Mad Max. They didn't, and, mm-hmm. and out of nowhere, the critics, you know, uh, bowed down to Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Um, and they figured it out, and then pretty much the critics and their awards started giving it movie of the year, and Warner Bros., you know, they only have so much money for awards or whatever, and they're, alright, we're gonna go for Mad Max. But essentially, um, Warner Bros., in their, Judgment decided to put their awards money behind uh, Black Mass and Johnny Depp. Oh man! Because they didn't know what they had with Creed, and I think Creed could have easily fit into that kind of blockbuster slot, that sports mm-hmm. movie slot, mm-hmm. uh, a cinematography nomination, a directing nomination, Michael B. Jordan nomination. Michael, you know, um, but essentially they were wasting their time. With Black Mass and Johnny yeah. Depp, and they, you know, they were like, "Oh, crap, we didn't get, you know, that, and that, that, you know, this political aspect of it, of its campaigning and its billboards and its meeting voters, you know, mm-hmm. um, Selma, they didn't do the work to get the screeners out to folks. Now, me and I mean, I think us and listeners, we're like, oh my gosh, like the the people in the Academy, they can't just go see a movie; they have to have it mailed to them with a screener <laughs> or whatever, and it's like. Yeah, unfortunately they do. So, you know, I, I wish, so sometimes you'll hear, like, uh, this past Sundance, um, certain movies, you know, get picked up. Um, I'm trying, but a Netflix picked up a movie. I don't remember which one it was, but whenever it was announced that Netflix bought the movie, everyone was like, oh great, there goes its Oscar chances. Because I guess Netflix just isn't in that game at this point. Yeah, so. I know there was a little bit of a push for Beasts of No Nation, but it was, that one that one was kind of weird because it was the first one they did right. and so there was like a novelty aspect and i don't think too many people took that movie that seriously right now kind of flip side on, on the emmy side the tv side uh, mm-hmm. 
TV, they totally embraced new media, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Hulu, Netflix, um, you know, House of Cards has been nominated, Orange, Orange is the New Black has been nominated. But yeah, I, there's there's a side conversation there where I think the old guard of Hollywood doesn't like uh, things like that changing or Netflix trying to get in their game. But, yeah. Uh, but the point being, there is a, it's like, I'm here, I'm rooting for my, my movie to just get recognized and professionals to love it but then you know there's this kind of not fun side of it where it's like well i guess i'm rooting for some publicist to strategize <laughs> to get the screeners in their hands and you know yeah whatever but you know it's, it's kind of all fun it's all part of the game there uh, there are certain movies that are just whatever so good or so big that can't be ignored and, You'd like to hope that it was your favorite movie that was just so good that they had to recognize it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there was even the, the probably one of the bigger controversies that I remember, um, which hit kind of the year I started really caring about awards and stuff, was 2008 with The Dark Knight yes. not getting nominated, which led to the expansion of the category the next year. Um, because, like, I thought that was a shoe in for... I didn't think it was going to win Best Picture, but I thought it was a shoe in for a nomination that whole year, and I was very surprised that it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, it... You know, whether it was dark... I mean, this is, like, where... This is the Venn diagram where my two uh, love and films come together. <laughs> like, these nerd movies and the Oscars that... Whether it was Dark Knight or... Um, you know, Mad Max, Fury Road, mm-hmm. uh, even Deadpool this last year... It's like, it's not that we're just picking random movies and, you know, wishing them into it. It's like, but mainly with Dark Knight, uh, I got to look it up. I think Producers Guild of America, but I do know that Directors Guild of America nominated him for it. Mm-hmm. And um, and they just couldn't do it. They, they, they couldn't give him director. They couldn't give him Best Picture. But they got eight nominations, and uh, that's probably as close as nerds will ever get to yeah. like a tried and true you know uh, nerd film getting in there <laughs> um i tweeted out logan is already getting oscar buzz but yep. i said uh if you know the way the internet works is we're two weeks out from a release so by the time the movie comes out we'll have already decided that the movie's overrated <laughs> which is fine um but I w- like I'm, I'm not even putting my my brain space to thinking about that. I always want to see it, and then we yep. can talk about it from there. But uh, by the with, with Dark Knight though, um, the following years, '09 and mm-hmm. '2010, I think were the best groups of nominees uh, ever because that was when it was a straight ten, mm-hmm. and they they forced the Academy members you got to pick ten movies, and you got Up, you got Toy Story three, mm-hmm. District Nine got in, um, Avatar, Inception. Avatar Inception got in. Um, even stuff like in the, the 10 system, um, 127 hours. Oh, yeah. Wasn't really in their top five, um, but it got in their top 10. Um, you know, in 20, 2009, I guess District 9 was that big one. That would, you know, something like that would have never made it in. Yeah. In the five. Yeah. And, and, you know, they changed it up again in 2011. You know, so in 09 and 2010, they said, give us a list of 10 movies. And that's really good because folks would, you know, they're not going to vote Inception as number one. But they'll right. put it on at number three or number six. And in that system, a number six vote for Inception actually helps it get in. Now yeah. they've got it. If you hear anybody talk about the preferential ballot, um, it's it's all about the number one. 
you have to get a ton of number, number one votes. And then once the number one votes get it in, maybe your number two vote, maybe your number three vote. But uh, that's about it. So a number six vote for, you know, your you know your movie of choice isn't really helping it. It's all about those top three. And so since 2011, it's kind of even weeded out more of eh, whatever you want to call it, the popular, you know, films or the non-Oscar movies. Um, they've still been – It's I, I like having more nominees. But yeah. Even this new system, it doesn't allow for voters to get outside of what we would typically call Oscar movies. Yeah, so how often do you think your favorite movies of the year um, get nominated or potentially win? Like, do you, th- do you see a big crossover between that, or do you see, like, uh, maybe down the middle, or, you know, even a huge gap between it? Yeah. Um, since... And that's where, like, I do trust them. I'm like, well, like, these are good movies. You know, since 2010, since I've been involved with it. Mm-hmm. Now, is this, uh, you know, circular reasoning where the internet told me these movies are Oscar movies? I went and saw <laughs> them as Oscar movies. I bought into the hype as Oscar movies. Then my opinion was validated. You know, I, I get it. That's there. But looking at 2010, uh, I love The Social Network. I love Inception. I love The Fighter. Um you know, Scott Pilgrim versus the world never had a chance of getting in, but yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> it didn't get it. It didn't get a, a VFX nomination, which that made me mad, but yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess, I mean, I am, I, my tastes have probably been defined by the Academy, but, uh, I guess you kind of feel validation where in all the month of December, all the various critics groups, uh, throughout the nation, they're naming their, their best movies, now, you could say, oh, they're just trying to predict the Oscars. Maybe, but, uh, you know, but the critics were already picking Hell or High Water mm-hmm. and Manchester by the Sea and Moonlight and La La Land. Every, you know, everyone loved La La Land before it was too cool to hate La La Land. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> before you were racist for loving La La Land. Right. <laughs> um, so whether I bought into the Oscar hype or I think there's just – these type of movies are in my flair. Yeah. So this past year, my top 10, seven of the 10 were nominated, <laughs> which is a pretty heavy crossover. Uh, but like last year, let's see. Well, you know, last year I had Force Awakens, Inside Out, Creed. Well, I had Hateful Eight, Steve Jobs. Those are my top five. So mm-hmm. none of those were nominated, but they were all kind of in the fold. Um, I had Spotlight. I had Mad Max. Um, I had Big Short. So just those three. Yeah. made it so three out of ten last year um i try and see all of them but oh, you th- know this year was pretty ridiculous but yeah i would say generally speaking i'm i'm in line with them and i at least try and see him so i'm having fun on awards night to see who wins and who, that could be in in the know <laughs> yeah i always i always try to see everything and then there's usually one or two that just kind of pass me by i have a feeling manchester by the sea might be one of them this this year i really want to see it though i keep hearing really good things about it but like Oh, what year was it? Was it 13 or 14 when, uh, Imitation Game and, which I did see. That was the year of, um, so it was Boyhood, Birdman, Imitation Game, uh, Selma. I didn't see Theory of Everything. That was the one I didn't see. Yeah. Um, Whiplash made it in that year. That was great. Yeah, so I didn't see Whiplash until, like, a long time after uh 
the Oscars for some reason, uh, which was upsetting because that ended up being my favorite movie of 2014. But like, I never saw Theory of Everything because I really don't like Eddie Redmayne. Um, yeah, I still haven't seen it. Then I didn't see Selma until the, uh, 2016. Okay, yeah, that was one. That was my that year where I was like, I gotta see. Well, I get you know the movie. I gotta see these movies before I make my top ten. So that one was like in the first week of January. Uh, so yeah, I'm a big big fan of Selma. It's really good, but yeah, it just somehow passed me by. And then one night, I just watched it. Just I was like, I want to watch a thing. I, this is the thing I'm watching, and was kind of like, okay, all right, wow. You're like, this is some <laughs> filmmaking right here. This is some acting. This is, yep. yeah, this is happening right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really good movie. But yeah, it just kind of passed me by. And I have a feeling um, I don't want Hidden Figures to do that, but I haven't seen that yet. Uh, Lion? So can... Kind of. I think I might not see. <laughs> I'm not super into that one for... Kind of no reason. I can't give you a good reason, but there's just nothing into it, in it outside of the nomination that makes me want to seek it out. That was that was me. I each year is kind of movies on the bubble like that, and I was I told myself like I don't want to see Lion, yeah. <laughs> but if it's nominated, I'll see it. And it's like all right, it's nominated there. Um, and we drove out of the way. It's it's good. It's. It's fine. It's it, it's great. It's got it's got a pretty good score, and Dev Patel's great. I love uh, Dev Patel. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Slumdog was my favorite movie of the year. The year it won. Um, I'm a little nervous to revisit it now because I feel like it might not be as good as I think it is. Yeah, well, with me with with Slumdog, honestly, with all those 08 movies, because I wasn't in the know mm-hmm. uh, in 2008. Mm-hmm. So this is totally unfair to these movies but all i was doing when i watched slumdog or uh case of benjamin button or the wrestler all i was doing was just judging it against the dark knight because i'm like <laughs> this this piece of garbage got in with the dark knight didn't get in i'm gonna riot but uh so that's and that's just how it was whenever i was catching up on those 08 movies like, yeah this got in <laughs> man 08 was that was like the year that everything popped off for me and uh that was a really good year for movies. Yes. Well, I mean, I would say I was a junior in high school and okay. when Dark Knight came out that summer and that was the the domino that was going to push me into committing to film fandom mm-hmm. and the internet at the time. I wasn't, you know, I don't even know if I guess Twitter existed then, but I wasn't in it. Uh Honestly, Wikipedia, if, if reading Wikipedia pages was movie fandom for mm-hmm. me at that time, but Dark Knight was the domino. And so by the time 09 came around, I remember trying to seek out the Hurt Locker. Um, what else? But, and then, like I said, 2010, and that was the year of Social Network, Inception. Um, I, because of the movie Blogosphere, I sought out 127 Hours. I sought mm-hmm. out Black Swan. And I was like, okay, I, would have never seen these movies if the internet hadn't told me to see them. And the internet wouldn't have told me to see them if it weren't for, you know, the awards race and everything. So that's where I always come back to, like, this is a, though there's politics and there's just kind of, you know, whatever, it's kind of dirty. Like at the bottom line, 
hopefully good movies are being talked about and being promoted. And um, that's always this underlying thing where like, this is fun, this is good. Yeah, and it's weird because I tend to I tend to be maybe a little more hair mess uh, with the like the nominees lining up for me. Um, as far as my favorite this year, uh, it's La La Land, so I'm like very entrenched in it. But that kind of rarely happens. Uh, I mean, Creed a couple years ago was my favorite, and that didn't get any love. And then uh, I guess Whiplash got some love, but didn't win. Right. See, w- no, Whiplash would have been fun for you if you were into it in 2014, yeah. because that was the little movie that could, yeah. and it was like, it made it in, like, it's one of those things, no one's like, that was uh, me with Hell or High Water this year. Yes. Because uh, that was just, that was late August, and uh, honest, I, I really do believe movie bloggers and the internet, we pushed that as hard as we could, and we, we were able to get it to its 30, 40 million box office. And then uh, that, whenever that, it became a reality that beyond the movie blogger people, that people who vote in these awards were going to vote for it. That was like, I don't know, we all, this is part of the awards thing. Uh, who knows if it's all in our head, but we took a little bit of responsibility for that. We were like, we did it, guys. We got Hell or High Water nominated. Yeah, um, I mean, Hell or High Water, it was, I, I think there was, it was kind of a perfect storm of stuff with with the internet and the kind of barren summer we had. That's right. That's right. Um, and also, I know a big selling point for me, at least, going to see it was Chris Pine, who I thought was awesome in Star Trek Beyond, and I loved that movie a whole bunch. I was like, you know, I'm kind of on Chris Pine's side now. I never have been before. Um, I thought he was really good as Kirk. It's my favorite performance he's ever given as Kirk. It's my favorite performance he's ever given. I'm going to go give this a shot. I always like Ben Foster. I, I I try to seek out anything that guy's in anyway. Jeff Bridges is, you know, super reliable always as well. And so I went to go see it and was like, dang, this is so good. And that was yeah. that was my favorite movie of the year for a while. And I actually thought it would be almost like another creed situation where it was like it had maybe just barely missed it and then it didn't yeah uh i didn't even know that movie existed uh maybe a week before it came out yeah i saw it yeah and then you know and that that's why i mean it's like yeah we live in a pretty you know we live in a bubble in 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 our websites and our, our blogs and twitter but the bubble showed me a movie i hadn't heard of and then, you know, my folks, okay, so the end, you know, not the end, but part of Hell or High Water, they, they go to Post, Texas. Mm. My mom taught high school in Post, Texas. That's hilarious. <laughs> and the, the whole movie was filmed in Portales, New Mexico. Uh, so it's not, but West, I would say West Texas and East New Mexico are the same thing. I, I went to school in Portales, New Mexico. What? Anyways, I get out. <laughs> I, get, I was like, this I was like, dude, this guy, I don't know where they're filming it, but he gets, this looks so realistic. And it's like, literally, they just went out there and filmed the movie. Um, but I, I texted my parents. I was like, uh, you guys got to see this movie. And I think it took off like that in, in certain parts of the country, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was, you know, uh, you know, Bob Chipman, movie Bob? Yes. He put a, I think it was a tweet, or maybe it was in his review, but he was like, yeah, it's kind of the perfect movie for the, like, we they don't make them like they used to crowd. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, 
Yeah, so... Great. To say with Hell or High Water, um, I don't know. Good movie. Check it's, it out, folks. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's just solid, solid filmmaking, all the top to bottom. Um, okay, I think we've belabored the point uh, maybe long enough. Let's get into the actual nominees this year. Um, I guess we'll work our way up to the big one. Is there a particular category you want to talk about? Um, well, down uh, in the, the, the text, um, though we have all these fun dramas to talk about and sometimes a nerd movie or a blockbuster can break through, mm-hmm. uh, I've always, and this has been ever since I remember Return of the King, uh, winning every award it was nominated for, and it was validation for all the nerds, but um, uh, visual effects. I've always loved the visual effects. Right? Oh, yeah, and, for sure. Uh, and, you know, like... 2014, this is how close I was following. Interstellar ended up winning, probably deservedly so, but that was also, it was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, X-Men, Days of Future Past, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. And I was like, this is just awesome. We got a whole category for us. And I'm like, I, I love it. Uh, now, sometimes the, uh, the dramas, they still are thunder, you know, like, if a drama has visual effects, it's like, that's going to win. And like, like I said, probably deservedly so, like Hugo or mm-hmm. um, Gravity or uh, Case of Benjamin Button. That yeah. Was like, dang it, that's gonna take away all the technical awards from from like Iron Man or The Dark Knight, you know, because it's like so tech heavy. <laughs> yeah. So the nominees in visual effects this year are uh, Rogue One, um, Kubo and the Two Strings, Jungle Book, Doctor Strange, and Deepwater Horizon. So I remember this being kind of a point of contention. Maybe in my own brain, maybe I made it a bigger deal, but I kind of feel like Kubo doesn't deserve it because it's an animated movie. But then you look at the behind-the-scenes featurettes from, that Leica puts out, and it's like, uh, they put a lot of work into this, and there's a lot of, like, in-camera effects that they did because it's stop-motion that are kind of amazing. Yeah, where you can... I can I can see that where it's like, technically, this is a visual effect. <laughs> Yeah, it's an hour and a half long visual effect. Yeah, I can, and I like. I guess I can get banned to stop motion. Uh, get this, they were even pushing it for costume design. Really? It was it was actual things that they put costumes on? Now, did it make it? But they were they were campaigning for it. So Dang. once I heard that, I was like, oh, it's probably gonna get in visual effects. Um, I was so happy when Doctor Strange got nominated because hmm. uh, I was like, that I had seen. I saw things in Doctor Strange I'd never seen before, and they, they even took what they were doing in the first and second acts, and then they took it up a notch in the third act, so I was glad that happened. Um, currently, it's like a 99.9% amongst the pundits, at least, that Jungle Book has it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, and I'm fine with that. I thought that movie looked great. Which you could even consider Jungle Book an animated movie, you know? Yeah, really, it's true. I mean, it it, is. Yeah. <laughs> but that was like, that movie, I just remember being, there were several moments where I was legitimately in awe of what they did. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. Um, I, yeah, it, oh gosh, hang on. So that's, do we just kind of want to work up through, we can just kind of hit out some of these, these tech nominations really quick. Yeah. So like, oh, actually, an extremely fun category, as fun slash almost horrifying, is best makeup and hairstyling. Yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about. So that we have one. we got we got our three slots. We have the foreign film, A Man Called Ove, 
And then, you know, this is a place where like like Wolfman won a couple of years ago. So yeah. Wolfman is an Oscar winner. And so we are one week away from possibly having Star Trek Beyond be an Oscar winner, which that would, would be, be awesome. But Versus we're also scenario. <laughs> Suicide we're al- Squad. Yeah, we're also one week away from the potentially Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Yeah. And oh, I'm like, give gosh. it to the foreign movie before you have to just I don't even care if it deserves it, you know, I'm, I'm, it's like, just, I can't have those words be together. <laughs> I don't know shit about A Man Called Ove, but go ahead and give it to that over Suicide Squad. Yeah. I, I, all I know is that I saw the book at Barnes & Noble the other night. Like, that's yes. that's as far as I know. So when it comes to, like, predicting these, if, if you get into the predicting game, when it, when it, as far as predicting nominations, uh, so the nominations are very specific to not the like the the not the the guild or you know the department that they're in. So only mm-hmm. makeup and hairstyling folks picked it. Um, it's like sixty people. That's uh, right. Uh, but whenever it comes to picking a winner, all of the academy will vote, which uh, which is what happens you know across the board. So in directors, they were very specific. Only directors pick the directors, mm-hmm. but then all of academy will vote. So that's why. When picking nominations, you pick maybe some more inside baseball stuff, but for the winners, you pick. So that's like fingers crossed for Star Trek Beyond. Hopefully, yeah. Academy of Voters just going down the line. They pick the one movie you know they've seen out of that <laughs> big Star Trek. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I here's one that I have gotten way more into. This is this one might be my favorite of the technical awards, and that's production design. I think. One of the biggest things that I continually learn is how much I nerd out about good production design. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're a production design guy, but... Um, I guess, like, I, I would be happy to learn. I Correct me if I'm wrong. This should have been a silence nomination, you think? Yeah. Yes. I mean... I guess I'm just in the mindset of, like, does the movie look good, or I don't know, sets, but... Yeah, or it's just, like, stuff that kind of colors in the world on the sides. Uh, uh-huh. I would argue that maybe Heller Highwater deserved one. Like, you know, they nailed that Texas thing of, like, the Dr. Pepper. Um, right. And just kind of the way those landscapes looked. And, you know, the way the, the restaurant where they go and there's, like, the crabby waitress. Um, just the way that was set up, it just felt like yeah. one of those dusty, middle-of-nowhere Texas restaurants, you know? Yeah, I can um, get... Because it's one thing to put that in the screenplay but it's another thing to like and that's why the screenplay should be awarded Mm -hmm. but it's another thing for it to actually come to life on the screen it's like okay i got it yeah yeah so the nominees there are arrival fantastic beasts hail caesar la la land and passengers (laughs) sure it's pretty (laughs) yeah i mean sure i nothing about the production design really stuck out to me um, that was not what I was thinking about while I was watching that movie. I was thinking about how annoyed I was. Yes. <laughs> um, but in this one, I really like, I think it could go to La La Land, Hail Caesar, or Fantastic Beasts, and I would be fine. Um, I kind of think it should go maybe to La La Land or Fantastic Beasts. I thought Fantastic Beasts had it incredible production design there was always something cool happening in the background or in the foreground i don't know if you saw it or not Mm -hmm. yeah i could see that one um i just thought i thought david yates directed the crap out of that movie man yeah and i think those harry potter movies were always i think they were always flirting with these production design nominations but it was it was gorgeous it was a really fleshed out 
world there. Um, when in doubt this year, just predict La La Land. Yeah. <laughs> and the question is, is there a movie that uh, will overcome it in a specific category? Um, but yeah, I think I can, I can see them going for Fantastic Beast as an out of nowhere type thing. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I think that would be. I I think that would be cool. Um, let's see. You want to do music? Let me pulling it up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we'll do. Uh, was one. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say with music. So, uh, you know, Jackie's crazy. La La Land is life. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that all the time. Yeah. I love Moonlight score. Passengers. People say so. That one was the other four are all first time nominees, and everyone for a long time was either predicting John Williams for BFG or mm. certain films, uh, just pretty much based on the name where they like to uh, for their own. Giacchino, uh, just based on name recognition. So as everyone says Thomas Newman for Passengers is kind of filling that spot. Um, oh, mm-hmm. um, I like best original song. Um, for me, I love all the La La Land songs. I don't know. So the nominees are Audition from La La Land, uh, Can't Stop right. the Feeling by Trolls, uh, City of Stars City of Stars from La La Land, uh, The Empty Chair from... What is that? Is that from a movie oh, called yeah, Jim? That famous, that, that great one. Heard on the radio the other day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then How Far I'll Go from Moana, which is, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda trying to get the EGOT. Um, as made famous by 30 Rock. And, see, this is... One, when I found out he was doing the soundtrack to Moana, I was like, oh yeah, he's got his Oscar in the bag. Those Disney songs just win all the awards. That's right. And I'd forgotten about La La Land at that point. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, and then I saw the stuff for La La Land, and I was like, oh, that's going to get some music stuff. And then La La Land became a massive hit. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, no this movie's, yeah, this is going to win Best Original Song. But I, maybe you can explain this better than I can, um, mainly because I don't know how it works. But I really don't like the same movie getting nominated twice in the same category. Right. <laughs> And well, as much as I love those songs, I just feel like, just pick one, you guys. Come on. Well, it's like, either pick one, or, you know, let's just go all five, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I honestly, I, I saw a world at one point where it was just going to be, like, split Moana songs. And, uh, <laughs> La La yeah, you could have. But you know what they went the risk of, though? Because, again, so this is the politics. So they're out there, you know, most majority of the voters are in L.A., so the Billboards actually matter, and TV ads matter, and mm -hmm. newspaper ads matter, you know. Um, how do they campaign that? There's a chance that they essentially, the, the La La Land votes cancel each other out between the two, and oh. how far ago kind of shows up, you know. Yeah. Uh, which would be, we would all freak out. But I I think, I don't know, honestly, I haven't done the, the like, reading amongst, you know, the, the bloggers. I think they're pushing City of Stars. Yeah, I think as, so too. As, the, as theirs. Yeah. Uh, which is great. I like that song. Uh, it just, it just seemed, it always seemed weird for me to pick the song. And I guess that's the nature of award season. You have to pick the supporting actor you're going to promote. You have to mm -hmm. pick the song. Uh, you know, our studio has to pick the movie they're going to promote. So I think they're pushing for City of Stars. And, uh, you know, it'll probably get it. Yeah, I think so. 
Um, okay, let's talk animated. Uh, animated, we have Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, The Red Turtle, and Zootopia. I have not seen Zucchini or Red Turtle, um, but I've seen the other three. And the animated feature is real weird sometimes. Like, a lot of times it will go to the foreign one that people haven't seen a lot. Uh-huh. Um, there was the, oh, the twins of, uh, what's it called, a few years ago. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on that one. You know what I'm talking about? I know what the nominations they usually get in, but then, like I said, so remember, because the animated branch, they're nominating amongst their own. Right. Usually, the and then once the whole academy gets in there, you know, the big one gets in. And so it was, uh, just going back, uh, last year was Inside Out. Although there was a fear that uh, uh, Animalicia oh, yeah. would have gotten in there, which I'm mm-hmm. sure is deserving, but, you know, I, I'm an Inside Out person. The year before was Big Hero 6, but that was the year Lego movie didn't get nominated. What? Um, the year before. Hold on, Big Hero 6 won animated movie? Yeah. That's. Kinda. I don't think I knew that, actually. I love that movie. <laughs> I, I think we all thought it was going to be How to Train Your. Well, once Lego movie was out, uh, yeah. we all thought it was going to be How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yeah. Um, wait, let me just. On Wikipedia, I can just click that page really quick. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Last year, yeah, Big Hero 6. The year before that was Frozen. Mm. Uh, the year before that was Brave. We all thought it would be Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, Rango, Toy Story 3, Up. Well, then then we just hit the Pixar run. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wally, yeah. Ratatouille. Yeah. So, generally speaking, the, the, the popular one gets in. Um, yeah, but there were three that I heard, you know, like Zootopia, Moana, and Kubo were kind of the... I would say are almost right there. I think Zootopia might come out on top. Um, yeah. I think that one's maybe more popular than the other two. Yeah, I think so. Um, right now, well, at one point, as far as predicting it, we all had Zootopia, um, Moana, Kubo, and uh, Finding Dory. We kind of oh, thought we yeah. Had, we thought we had four slots already figured out, and we'd, we'd pick one movie to be the, uh, the you know, the, the oddball out. But for whatever, either they just didn't take to it, or they didn't campaign it. Um, but yeah, so Santa two, two of these foreign, more uh, obscure films got in. Right now, it is between Zootopia and Kubo, and it's you know it's kind of like a La La Land of the animated feature. It's it's pretty safe to bet for Zootopia to, to to get that. Yeah, I'm a little bit rooting for Moana. I loved that movie. I, that was my favorite animated movie I saw last year. I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, I think I think Zootopia is going to get it. And uh, that's always been a good category too, in the sense of like there were always movies I'd actually seen. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, let's see, cinematography. Um, we have Arrival, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, and Silence, which I think is maybe one of the first categories where the big. It's going to be a kind of a, I feel like, a slugfest between La La, Light, La La Land and Moonlight, um, which is going to be the whole night. Yes. I feel like, uh, so, with, you know, I think those are the movies that are just going to keep going back and forth uh, as far as every category they're nominated in. Do right. you, my theory is that Moonlight, it, so it's either gonna it's gonna go one of two ways, and that's 
Moonlight's going to win all the awards except Best Picture, and La La Land is going to win Best Picture, or the opposite. Um, I'm kind of oh, okay. leaning towards La La Land winning everything and then Moonlight getting Best Picture. But do you, I mean, you you have more of an inside track kind of than I do. Uh, what? How do you see the night going down, But specifically yeah. with Moonlight and La La Land? Right, right. So if we kind of look at you know, Best Director and the Best Picture split, Mm-hmm. Um, so last year, and they, they do this, um, for, 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 for them, they see directing as technical and it's directing and, you know, then best picture is, you know, just the movie. So they did this with, uh, Life of Pi gets director, but mm-hmm. Argo gets, um, picture. Now, Ben Affleck wasn't nominated, but that was kind of illustrates the point though. Gravity gets best directing. 12 Years a Slave got best picture. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, Revenant got best director. And Spotlight gets picture. So they're all, if there's going to be a split, right. But you can kind of see it go either way. You can see them thinking, La La Land is, that's a directed movie. Mm-hmm. And then Moonlight is their standard drama. But you could also argue that Moonlight, this thing, is, he directs it and writes it. It's a thing. And La La Land is our safe movie, you know. So there could be a split there. Um, the current consensus is pretty boring. It's pretty, it's... Is La La Land. <laughs> really? All the way uh, because of the pandering, because of the Hollywood thing? I think, uh, just, it just, it's just so big. It just mm-hmm. is. And so whenever, you know, it, it is, it's a human being voting and they're right. going to sit down to vote and they're going to be like, I love this movie. And they might not know, you know, the ins and outs of production design or cinematography or costume design, but they're just, you know, just going to check La La Land down there. And again, I'm not even upset with that. I, Go for it, you know. But as far yeah. as the race and predicting, uh, yeah, the consensus is there. Um, in a, a at one point, I guess in a perfect world where we kind of share the love, you could probably see Moonlight and La La Land splitting. Manchester would get various things in there. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of as far as like what to look for as we go through. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I think in a perfect world, since it's the only thing it was nominated for and it deserves something, Silence should win, but... Yeah, I, I'm with that. And then I'm also a big uh, Arrival fan. And, mm-hmm. uh, but us, uh, but honestly, if I if I were voting... Here's the thing, because I'm a Team Moonlight guy myself, but I'm like, dude, cinematography in La La Land, it's just like... <laughs> Yeah. It's, you can't fault them for giving it to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, both those movies are, look great in different ways. Um, you know, La La Land is obviously a lot more flashy, but it's also a musical, so it would be weird if it wasn't. Um, right. You know, but Moonlight is this, like, really understated... Like, the color palette in that movie is amazing. Um, the the visual rhyme scheme of it, you know, the way it feels like a, like a moving poem is great. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, and that's not even a movie that made my top 10 list, but I totally get it. If that makes sense. Um, so if it does do a sweep, I'm not going to begrudge it necessarily. I'm just going to be like, yeah, that makes sense too. Right. Um, just kind of like looking across here, as far as, you know, for folks who are watching the Oscars and, uh, what to watch for? Where are the competitive races? And, and again, these races are developed by there's the Critics Awards, but again, there's no critics voting in the Academy. There's the Golden Globes, 
again, there's no crossover. There's the guilds. There's actually crossover there between the guilds and the academy. But all of this is just buzz. And that's how you play the games. You try and build buzz. The box office plays into that as well. Um, and so where there's actual races and where there's like best actor, mm-hmm. that is a true race between Casey Affleck and Denzel Washington. So we're, we're looking there. Uh, you know, best supporting is pretty much, you know, wrapped up for Mahershala Ali. Best supporting actress was determined about four years ago whenever Viola, whenever everyone was predicting Viola Davis to win best actress when we thought she was going to be in that category. Mm -hmm. And so the moment they said, no, we're going to have her in supporting, we were like, all right, you can stop your predictions now. Uh, that's kind of set in stone. Yeah. Um, the other, what you'd call like, Competitive races are essentially categories where people kind of don't think La La Land deserves it. And so does it go to the movie that, so for instance, Best Original Screenplay. Mm, Everyone's mm-hmm. like, you can love La La Land, you can love it, but you know, does it have a good screenplay? You know, that's that's the question. Yeah, so that I mean, would be between not really. uh, Manchester by the Sea and La La Land. And that's where we're talking about like a sweep. If we're like early in the night and we see... Uh, La La Land original screenplay, it's kind of like, oh, okay, this is this is kind of an indicator that it's going to go for it there. Yeah, so the nominee, the nominees in original screenplay are Heller Highwater, La La Land, The Lobster, Manchester by the Sea, and 20th Century Women. Uh, I haven't seen Manchester or 20th Century Women. Yeah, those are the two I haven't seen. But yeah, I haven't seen 20th Century Women or The Lobster. So okay, so three out, of the five. out of the three that I've seen, La La Land is the weakest one. Um, and I would say Heller Highwater and the Lobster have better screenplays. Uh, so right. I, you know, I, I would like to see a Heller Highwater win there. Um, cause yeah. I don't think it's going to get too much other love throughout the night. Right. And see, that's, and that was the, the, the mindset we're all having was it was like everyone, we all love La La Land, you know, back when it was acceptable to love La La Land. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was like a year ago. Um, but we all just thought, oh yeah, it's going to win here, win here, win here. But you know, original screenplay, yeah, it's musical, it's whatever. So we Manchester, and then we start seeing whether it was Writers Guild or other indicators. We're like, oh, this this is where this is where people honestly start. This is where the backlash happens, and where they just like it doesn't deserve to win it, you mm-hmm. know. And people start getting bad. But the uh, other one to look out for. And this is total like inside baseball for us as bloggers is sound editing. Yes. Yeah. And I think you're I think you're a nerd with sound stuff, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I have you know several years of professional sound mixing experience, um, but so, like live sound mixing, like concerts and stuff. Okay, cool. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I had, someone was able to put this into a tweet for me because it's all, but uh, best sound mixing is taking the sounds you recorded live there or whatever and mixing them to be at the correct volumes to mm-hmm. sound good sound editing is like creating sounds yes so whether that be guns or whatever and so um that's where and essentially in both of these the if there's a race it's between hacksaw ridge and la la land and war really always do war, it's generally speaking i guess deepwater horizon but hacksaw ridge kind of getting that war movie slot because war mm-hmm. movies have so much sound going on um, but essentially, and everyone kind of had already put La La Land in the sound mixing because, you know, musicals, there's a lot of sound mixing and they right. do a great job, but a musical has never been nominated for sound editing until this year because 
what what are the sounds they created like the honks the, the shoes tapping i yeah. don't know <laughs> yeah there's like uh, some gravel like some shoes on gravel things that they did and the right. horns honking and stuff like that and then you know there's the idea of uh, uh i keep uh audition um you know they did the vocals live and they had justin herwitz playing the piano just off screen so you know there's they're creating that okay. in camera in the moment um but like sound mixing it's uh, arrival hacksaw ridge la la land rogue one and 13 hours uh, i haven't seen 13 hours because i like myself but like hacksaw ridge was the probably the best sounding movie i saw in a theater last year for sure um i saw that movie on a really big bright screen in one of the loudest theaters i've ever been in and it was amazing yeah it's great and so people i mean that uh well so here you go as far as the inside baseball early in the night they'll give up those sound awards if hacksaw wins one or both of those it's like oh then yeah there's actually a race between la la land and moonlight but if it wins sound editing that's like the pure that's the true sign of an academy member they don't know the difference between sound mixing and sound editing they just yeah. see the word sound and they see the word la la land and that's like the tell that like oh they just they voted down the board there um the fact that it even got nominated like i said it's, it's historic a musical has never been uh, apparently i got to look into it but apparently a musical has never been nominated for sound editing because like i said there's not too much sound and just being created where whereas it's pretty much all mixing it's all in the mix afterwards so right Right. The fact that it was even nominated, again, this is this tell that it's like, oh, this could be, you know, big, big sweep kind of deal. But we'll see. Yeah, uh, again, so though, editing, you have Arrival, Deepwater Horizon, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, and Sully. I could see that going to Arrival or Hacksaw Ridge, but not La La Land. Um, I think creating the, the alien sounds in Arrival, I, I think, might go a long way for that one mm-hmm. winning. Um, especially there, because of pro- go ahead. Well, there's some groundswell behind Arrival. Um, it that just won it at Writers of Guild, and they put it back out in theaters um, with this again with this buzz. And they, I saw someone tweet out they're like forty thousand away from a uh, hundred million dollars. Really? So there is a little swell there for Arrival. Uh, Denise doing uh, Blade Runner and Dune. So mm-hmm. all of that to say, I, I say that because that just creates buzz. It's just. That's how this game is played. It's buzz in the air. It's money. It's it's politics. It's uh, buzz on the director. So Arrival could uh, benefit from uh, getting some of that buzz. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I think, yeah, especially because, you know, Arrival has probably one of the most talked about snubs of the year. Um, I'm on record as not being the hugest fan of Arrival. But I even was surprised, uh, and I didn't care for the performance that much. It was fine. Like, the movie was fine, and this performance was fine. But Amy Adams didn't get nominated for Best Actress, and that, I think, really, people weren't expecting. Um, that was crazy. Yeah, it, I didn't understand it. There was so much buzz around her, like you were saying. There was so much buzz around that movie and that performance from her that I thought she would be a shoo-in for a nomination. I wasn't too sure about the, the win, but I thought she would get nominated for sure. Yeah. And it was, I was, I was in, you know, team, uh, freak out for, you know, let's riot, cause Amy didn't get nominated. And then sometimes you get a reality check, like, uh, she's been nominated like four or five times before. You're like, oh, okay, alright, it's, it's, I guess it's not as bad. But. I mean, Meryl Streep got nominated for Florence Foster Jenkins again. Yeah, Meryl Streep, uh, 
Oh, they were bringing up wounds from about a month ago whenever Amy didn't get nominated. Man, I'm trying. I'm going to relive it again. <laughs> um, but I guess like on the snub topic, it's kind of like it's not just oh this film didn't get nominated. It's a snub. It's like mm-hmm. was there other precursors think that it should have been there? Or was it like the Lego Movie not getting nominated? Yeah. It's like from you know. My my take on that, and that was just that was the Academy saying we like it old school. We're not messing around with you know whatever you're doing with this meta humor. I don't know, it's hybrid. But so maybe there's bad intentions behind it. Um, again, sometimes they just I don't know. But the, she was campaigning. She was winning the other awards. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird one, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I think with Lego Movie that was in the same year as Mad Max, right? And so that was a, like a movie's another Warner Brothers movie, so right. they maybe weren't running that hard of a campaign because the awards money was behind Black Mass. Um, Wasting it, yeah. Johnny Depp. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> um, but like, just looking across here, um, this is more just trivia, but for all intents and purposes, Moonlight is an original screenplay. Uh, it's, it's based off a of play. It's based on a play that was never produced. Oh, or, I did not know that. Yeah, so for all of the other awards, including Writers Go to America the other night, it, it was an original. That's what made predicting so hard. So it was like, and then essentially the Academy said, well, it is based on a play, yeah, you know, and so they put it in adapted, which it probably is adapted, I guess, but, you know, whatever. Uh, same thing happened, well, it didn't even end up falling into this with Loving, uh, mm-hmm. Loving was an original screenplay for mm-hmm. all of the precursors, but then um, by Academy rules, it was based upon the documentary about their life. Oh, so weird! Adapted there, yeah. So again, it's just kind of like so. Just, I mean, that's like the nerdy stuff that, that you asked me why I got into like awards blogging. Mm-hmm. Like, this stuff is like so interesting to me. So I, I, whenever the announcement came out that Moonlight was in adapted, that was like. Oh my gosh! I got this is amazing. <laughs> so what about what about something like Fences? You know, it is adapted, um, but August Wilson is the only credited screenwriter on the movie, and he didn't adapt the movie. You know, he didn't. Did he write? Like he died. <laughs> you know, I'm, this is just my ignorance. I'm on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, like so they have his name, and then in parentheses it's a posthumous nomination. I did not know that. I. So, and I've, we've both seen the movie. I mm-hmm. think it is just the play. Yeah, right? yeah, it seems like it. Um, so you could, and honestly, that's kind of like the, probably the rigging the game or the politics behind it. Um, who put out, who, who produced that movie? Oh, uh, I don't know. But whatever studio, they probably could have had grounds to submit that as original. Because mm-hmm. it just is the, well, the original playwright. Yeah. Uh, at, at one point, uh, Tony Kushner was actually developing it. Um, hmm. But, yeah, that was another one. And we actually, folks thought it might not even got nominated just because maybe they kind of looked down on the idea of someone just taking a play and putting it up on screen or whatever. But yeah. that was kind of an interesting one. Um, but at one point, in original screenplay, it was going to be the big three, duking it out, La La Land, Manchester, Moonlight. Um and Arrival was probably on its way to winning Best original, or best Adapted, but like I said, Moonlight did get moved over there, and that 
Yeah, pretty much sealed it over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless, unless uh, there's a real ground. Well, people love Hidden Figures, but they don't love it as much as Moonlight. No, and there's in no the, way. In the non-La La Land movies, it's like it's Moonlight. So yeah. It, it, yeah. Predicting. So. But. So in in something like uh, we'll get into the bigger categories like, um. Director, you know, we had talked about that's. You know, the oh, this is a directed movie. We have Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Oh gosh, man! Like, like you were talking about, it could go either way. It's going to go to La La Land or Moonlight. Like the other three don't stand a chance. Right. But you know, you can you can argue either way on it. Um, Giselle has a lot of chops. Uh, Jenkins can steamroll you with a emotion um well they're both young guys so as mm -hmm. far as like this narrative that's you know there and both films well i mean la la land is just it's just it's just huge at Mm -hmm. least in this world it's just a juggernaut and i would be happy like like oh yeah we nominate we we gave it to to damien chazelle he directed the hell out of that movie um but Essentially, I'll put it this way, the only way, like, right now the safe bet is just a, a best director, a best picture for La La Land. The only way it doesn't happen is if the uh, supposed backlash is taking effect. Um, I don't think it is for, for real voters. Um, you know, no, no way. A quick side side note on that, like, if this happens every year with the front runner and it sucks, and, that, and that's that's what I hate about the Oscars and the, Oscar, and, and the, and the awards community in the awards race is all year we're just like loving on these small films and hopefully they can get it and then once one is chosen as the front runner everyone just turns on it and i'm like oh well that's no fun but um that happened to Bo- that happened to boyhood boyhood was mm-hmm. steamrolling everything through the summer and essentially that there was just a narrative created that this movie thinks it's better than you and you know, they're just trying to fool you because they're just trying to the 12 year thing, though it was awesome at first, it became a gimmick in this narrative of mm-hmm. the backlash and it won and the backlash ended up <laughs> taking it down, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I So I didn't know it. the idea behind that was the movie thinks it's better than you. Um, I don't like the movie necessarily, but I have a hard time with any slice of life thing. Um, yeah. and... I didn't care for Boyhood either, but yeah, essentially it was like, the so last year with the Revenant, remember how? And this was annoying. The, everyone with the Revenant was like, "We almost died making this movie. We oh, need to give us awards because we died." You know. I hated uh, that movie, man. <laughs> uh, similar thing with the, essentially, or as the narrative goes with Boyhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, it took us twelve years to make this. Uh, this, you know, we we put blood, sweat, and tears into this. This is a filmmaking achievement, mm-hmm. and so the the narrative was pushed that like. You know, just the same thing with the Revenant. Like, oh, give it a rest. We get it. You guys made a movie. Big, big whoop. <laughs> yeah, but man, Inuratu is way more unlikable than yes. <laughs> uh, what's his name, Linklater. Well, they they even took this is going a blast from the past. They took it up another notch because again, everyone was onto their game last year. That like, um, even you know, Birth Movies Death put out a big piece about how. I don't care that you almost died making this movie. Oh, was that the Film Crit Hulk piece? 
Um, either that one or uh, or Devin's piece, something mm-hmm. you know took off. And uh, but at the Golden Globes, they they switched the narrative from "We almost died making this movie" to "We made this movie for for Native Americans and yeah. for them." Yeah. And and this was this is straight up this is Oscar season. This is a strategist got behind the scenes and said, we need to change the narrative, you know? Yeah. And so if you're a nerd about that kind of stuff, it's kind of fun. Um, but, but, um, anyways, all to bring it back. I don't, the only way, generally speaking, a movie besides La La Land is going to take it is if this backlash happens. Mm -hmm. But I, it just, there's just not enough there. You know, I, I've glanced at it, you know, and the, I just, I just think it's. I actually think the argument is total garbage that the movie is about a white guy, you know, showing people of color what real jazz is. Oh yeah, I no. Just, I just, I just think that's totally bogus. No. And the movie actually is saying it's, it's just, it's actually not even about that. Yeah, <laughs> and when it, it is, it's the opposite, actually. <laughs> so, and that's the thing where it's like you could, you know, whatever these are the movies and these backlashes that happen. If there's any truth in the backlash, even just a little bit, it can take root. But there's, there, there ain't nothing there with yeah. this La La Land criticism, you know. And I'm all for criticizing people criticizing movies, you know. I love, but uh, there ain't nothing there to that criticism. No, there's it's it's a completely it, that argument doesn't hold water. Um, I'm looking at actress in a leading role, and this it's a real interesting crop of people. Um, yeah. So we have Isabel uh, Hubert for Elle, uh, Ruth Nega for Loving, Natalie Portman for Jackie, Emma Stone for La La Land, and Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. Do you think Emma Stone has this one, or do you think Natalie Portman's going to take it? Um, I, I think Emma Stone's got it. It's probably a little more safe than some of those sound ones. Um and yeah, for a while it was Emma versus Natalie, but, you know, I think this, except for, let me see here, there was, what are the, else did Jackie get nominated for? Best Original Score mm-hmm. and... Screenplay? Uh, costume. Oh. Uh, no screenplay, just costume, pretty much for that uh, that pink dress there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, which is, honestly, for these acting awards, it's not strange for a movie with one or two nominations to get the acting because it's kind of the whole movie is about the performance, but yeah, um, it's, it's, it's Emma's kind of just with the La La Land wave again, like we're saying, like uh, this whole idea of the sweep, like if Ryan Gosling wins, Oh yeah. If we live in a world where Ryan Gosling wins, then we live in a world where it won 13 or 14 awards. Yeah. But for sure, we're not in that world. We're in the more, yeah, it's going to win a lot. The ones it's expected to win, and maybe one or two it's not expected to win, like a original screenplay. Um, it's probably Emma's. Natalie could be there. Um, honestly, the Golden Globes gave it to Isabel Huppert. And, really? And, yep. And there's this this. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I yeah. Don't, I don't have anything to comment on it, but there's this uh, kind of, maybe kind of like a uh, like a. Hey, let's make up for your whole career, you know, type deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where we, we, we didn't nominate you for that. And they do that sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah. They do legacy wins sometimes, like Scorsese's win for The Departed, which, I mean, I think right. he deserved that. I know people thought he didn't um, for that movie, but I totally thought he did. But there were a lot of movies he should have won that for. Yes. Yeah. So I, 
I, uh, I think that's where people are coming with predicting Isabel as like the number two slot if there's mm-hmm. an upset. But it's uh, it's I mean, you know, La La Land is the favorite and she is the lead actress. So, you know, it's kind of like I, I think she's got that there. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll kind of bring it in. Um, actor. Well, there's so actor. We have Casey Affleck for Manchester Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, which infuriates me. Uh, Ryan Gosling for La La Land, Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic somehow, uh, and Denzel Washington for Fences. I didn't see Captain Fantastic, but that seems like a, just super random. That was weird. I mean, and uh, again, like the idea of like the, the precursors. So th- these five were the five at, um, at SAG, at Screen Actors Guild. Mm. And so it was just like whatever, whatever campaigning happened, the actors liked Vigo. <laughs> so yeah. And that was one where I was like, I, there's too many movies I'm playing catch up on. I'm just, I'm not going to see Captain Fantastic. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's hitting Amazon time. Prime this month, so I might, I might watch it, but <laughs> it just doesn't like, there was no real buzz to me about it. Uh, you know, I would have, I mean, if we're going to go with a super weird award or a weird nominee for that, I would like to see, uh, you know, the main guy from Everybody Wants Some get it. I thought okay. he was really good. Uh, there was one other one. There was actually one that I wanted more, but I couldn't remember. I don't remember who it was. I mean, obviously the wrong Andrew Garfield performance got nominated, I feel. Yeah. Uh, well, was... I mean, I'm just thinking back right now. I'm just like... One, I'm remembering how much I love Silence. Uh, yeah. Just talking to you about it, but Andrew was great. I mean, it was just everything I love about the film and the questions I think it was exploring and the topics we were exploring it via Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield yep. and uh, crushed it. Yep, I agree. Um, but this one, it seems like it's going to come down to Casey or Denzel. Um, right, and so I... so Casey's always been the the front runner. And then um, Denzel did win Screen Actors Guild. And again, mm-hmm. th- there is actually crossover votes between the Guild and mm-hmm. the, the, the Academy. So there's something there. And uh, there is actually a, a backlash with Casey uh, yeah. and him personally mm-hmm. and everything. And it looks like that might actually be taking root there. But um, you got to see Manchester by the Sea. He's amazing. I, I really like him. I mean, I, I love... Uh... Um, Ocean's Twelve. Yeah, I was gonna do the same joke. I was gonna do the exact same thing. As well uh, as the Mormon Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Robert Ford. Uh, Assassination of Jesse James. Assassin. Right. I'm trying to think. What other things I've seen Casey in? Um, but I mean, he. It, the Gone movie, Baby Gone. He's really good in the, that too. Yes. But so you should, you think you're gonna be able to see Manchester before before Sunday? I think so. Uh, I should be able to see it probably Wednesday or Thursday. I might review Get Out for the site, though, so I might go see that on Thursday. Um, I think so. I might have some time this weekend to see it. But, um, but I mean, he's amazing. Uh, I would probably pick him out of these, these here. Uh, but that there is an actual race there, so that'll there's, there'll be tension in the air. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. I liked Denzel well enough in Fences, but it was real... The the movie, and I get it, it was real stagey. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine, I guess, but it really... I had a big adjustment curve with that movie. 
Yeah, I remember they, they, whenever they get to the backyard, and after about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, I was like, oh, okay, this mm-hmm. is a play. I got it. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's like, it comes out the gate swinging. Like, the the movie opens, and it is very loud and very talky. And I was like, all right, I got to strap in. I got to get used to this somehow. But, um, you know, just looking at, like I said, it's, I say, like, this is in the bag, so what you're looking for Oscar night is if someone else wins, it's, like, the end of the world for, for everyone. But Mahershala Ali for Moonlight um, mm-hmm. and Viola Davis for Fences. Yeah. Which I actually love both of these categories a lot. I think there's just a lot going on. Jeff Bridges, Lucas Hedges, Dev Patel, Michael Shannon, Naomi Harris, Nicole Kidman, Octavia Spencer, Michelle Williams. There's just a lot going on there. Yeah. Honestly, in the community, we just, it, it, when it came to writing that paragraph, it's like, it was just a sentence. So, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of always wrapped up. Uh, but there's just a lot of good stuff there. Do you and think I'm, Michelle Williams could pull an upset in supporting actress? I don't. I think, uh, it's just, it's Viola. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. That you first get on it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I do think that she would probably be like a second place. Yeah, then I guess number two, maybe Michelle, maybe Octavia, because um, she kind of even her getting nominated was kind of like, oh, that you know, because mm-hmm. everyone thought Janelle Monae might have been the supporting actress out of that. Yeah. Um, be honest, I, we I haven't even been putting thought to oh, who's number two, who's number three. Yeah, that makes sense. It was like, it's so sewed up. <laughs> um, over in supporting actor, you could see like a like a Jeff Bridges, or yeah, or Jeff Patel. Um, maybe we don't even know it. Maybe they love Manchester, and so yeah, it's kind of like it gets original screenplay. Casey's getting it. Uh, Lucas Hedges is getting it. Uh, it gets some of its low, you know, down the middle of the belt here rewards, but. Uh, I think they're just, and this, this could kind of be my closing point. Um, I look at the Best Picture nominees. Now, again, I'm a little biased. Like I said, seven of my top ten were nominated. Yeah. But uh, I just think they're good movies. And I, I'm, it's not like there's, for me, there's not any one movie that I'm like, oh, God, this movie keeps coming up. I just like, I think they did a good job this year. Some people were kind of like, oh, it was boring. There was nothing out of the box. But I'm like. You look at those nine movies, that's nine good movies. I think there's a couple great movies in there. Mm-hmm. And if someone goes out to see them that wouldn't have seen it before, it's all worth it. Yeah, so it's it's Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw, Ridge, uh, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Like I said, even though I'm not that interested in Lion, I it, I'm sure it's good. Or fine, like I'm sure it's a competently made movie, and it makes sense, and there's good performances. So there, this isn't this is actually a pretty strong year, and even Arrival, which I'm not, you know, like I said, the hugest fan of, I get it, um, I get why it's nominated, and you know, it's it, if there's some weird upset and it wins, I would be very confused, uh, even if it weren't, <laughs> even if it weren't the La La Land or Moonlight, you know. At the top yeah. spots, out of those nine movies, I would be like, "Really, that one? Okay, huh?" Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think I think La La Land is gonna win it. But 
I think that that people are going to, you know, I know people who never go to the movies uh, that, and I'm sure he's listening right now. Uh, hi, Brian. He listens to all the episodes. But his wife, he, uh, she's a math teacher, and so she very much was like, I gotta go see Hidden Figures. She hates going to the theater, uh-huh. and wanted to go out of her way to to see it. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people with Hacksaw Ridge that found a pretty big audience in mm-hmm. particularly conservative areas of the country like the one I'm in. Um, and that was another one. That's an, you, your various uh, locales were all over the best picture nominees this year, weren't That's they? That's right. Yeah. So I, I live in Lynchburg. So Hacksaw Ridge, we have a Desmond Doss highway or something. I don't know, <laughs> but he was here. And then, yeah, uh, Hell or High Water is, is where I grew up, like almost verbatim. So, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think here. I, I was making it, there was, there was something to be said about Virginia and cinema this past year. We did all right with Hacksaw Ridge, but mm-hmm. our other two movies were Hidden Figures, where <laughs> Virginia's not looking too hot. Yep. Or, um, Loving. Loving. Oh, know, wow. Loving v. Virginia. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And both of those were like in the 50s and 60s, so it's like right our recent past. So like, as cinema showed, Virginia had a pretty rough couple decades there. Yeah, I mean, you can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even when it comes to basic human equality, I guess. <laughs> it's like. Um, so what are you looking forward to the most on Oscar night? I know you said it was kind of off mic earlier that the season leading up to it is the most exciting part for you. Um, but what is it about Oscar night, like seeing the winners happen and seeing who you're rooting for and, and whether they win or lose, like what is, what is the fun for you in Oscar night? I think probably the predictions Mm -hmm. and, and it is, it's sports for movie people right? and people, you know, like you can put money on it. You're going to have it as betting odds and, there are websites that'll do that for you and, you know, six to one odds for Emma Stone winning Best Actress. Yeah. Um, so I will, and I'll do this. I, well, I'll, I'm only going to have like five or six people over, but oh, that's awesome. I'll have them, I'm going to have them turn in. This is okay. I'll, warning, nerd stuff coming up here. I'm going to have them turn in uh, their Oscar predictions and I'm going to make a chart. Oh, that's so it. great. So we see where there's consensus. We'll see where there's a uh, division and I'm going to give out points. I might, I, uh, the winner will get an extra slice of pizza. I don't know, but I'll get bragging rights. But that's the type of stuff I like. So it is this kind of uh, predictions. Um, but also, okay, so like last year, best visual effects. Mm-hmm. We were, we knew, we thought it was going to be between Mad Max and Revenant because it mm-hmm. just made sense. They were both best picture nominees and they had visual effects. And we were like, if there's going to be a spoiler, it's going to be Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so we're watching it, we're watching it, and then boom. Uh, Ex Machina takes it. Mm. And that's just, that was a cool experience to have live in the moment. Whoa! Out of nowhere, something wins. And so there are are experiencing the ones we we knew would win or we thought would win, and then there's things that come out of nowhere. Um, I am actually looking forward to Jimmy Kimmel. Oh! He did a a great job at the Emmys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Him and his team are really funny. Um... So it's there. Now I'm on the East Coast, so the show will start at like, I'm going to look it up here really quick. Like eight? Uh, dude, we got together last year at like a normal time, six, five or six, mm-hmm. and we were like, oh my gosh, it doesn't start till eight. So we watched the red carpet, which is <laughs> oh, totally something I don't care about. Yeah. But I was like, well, it's Oscar night. 
Yeah, so, you know, whether it's football games or Oscars, we'll start at 8 and we'll be up till probably midnight because that always run long. Yeah. And so it's no fun because we're all just sitting there like, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> Got to wake up for work tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's on a Sunday. Yeah. So, but uh, I do like it. I'll be honest, I, I guess uh, this is where I'm not that good of an Oscars person. Yeah, like you said, I love the nominations because we get to honor five or six or seven great movies versus Oscar night where we do have to pick sides and who's the best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so one, thank you for uh, joining me on this trip through the Oscars and, and why people love them. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, two, I think what you should do is whoever wins, they get to pick the best one of the or one of the, one of the movies nominated for best picture. And you have to buy them the, that movie on Blu-ray. I thought about something like that, or if I just go find like past best picture winners and mm -hmm. give that out there. Um, but see, I'm I, I'm I'm with you. I'm kind of like both a nerd and slightly generous, where I'm like, like out of movie education, I'll just buy you the movie. You yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, three, where can people find you on the internet, sir? Yeah, uh, so I'm on Twitter. It's Josh Tarpley7. Uh, Tarpley is T-A-R-P-L-E-Y 7. Uh, quick side note, if anybody knows who owns at Josh Tarpley, I would like to have that Twitter handle, but the guy's got four followers and never used it. <laughs> but um, Josh Tarpley7, and I my personal blog is tarpleymovietalk.com, but um, I write movie reviews for Word of the Nerd, and, uh, and also Keith loves movies, and so... but. Uh, mainly over at Word of the Nerd, and hopefully more cool stuff is going on over there, including more podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if we can announce necessarily anything related to that, but something. I know we've been trying. Well, we've been trying for a couple months now, but um, for all intents and purposes, myself and MJ and other Word of the Nerd writers will be podcasting uh, the nerdy side of movies for mm -hmm. for Word of the Nerd, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, I am real excited about that, actually. It's so niche and inside baseball, but, man, we will enjoy ourselves talking about these movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm real excited. Uh, you can find me at MJSmith891. You can also find me at wordofthenerd.com, uh, writing reviews, usually the ones that Josh Tarpley does not write. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to be writing a review of Get Out this week. Cool. Um, I think. I, I hope, hopefully, that's my plan. Um, for the for the site, so do that. Uh, you can find everything we do at thatrealperspective.blogspot.com. That's that r e e l perspective.blogspot.com. Find us on YouTube this week. Uh, Mike Moray and I are revisiting Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Um, they are very fresh in my mind as I just watched them uh, this past weekend. So I have awesome. some thoughts and uh, yeah. Uh, do that, do all those things, and uh, until next time, go enjoy Oscar night, and we'll be back next week to talk about Logan. See you, everybody. Bye.